everybody, and welcome back to Attack of the Querwolf. I'm Michael. I'm May. I'm Brennan. Hello. Hey. This week we're coming at you from Delta, Lambda, Seda. <laughs> and we're all here together. <laughs> we are. It's oh just the three of us. And Ernie. Hi, Ernie. It's been so long. I can't remember when was the last time it was the three of us without a guest. Pro- I have no a- idea. At least a full month, I think. Because I was out twice and you both have been out once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been it's been a wild time everybody yeah and no one no one seems to mind when one of us is gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> well look it's I'm, actually a nice change up actually yeah. in a lot of ways look that that's part of the point of having like a kind of panelized show and mm-hmm. that's cool i'm just happy that there there was no disparity between like people were being really upset about one person and not so upset about the other people <laughs> so it's pretty mm-hmm. even it's, that seems cool with me right like if one week got no downloads because yeah. <laughs> be so sad. How y'all doing? Good. Did you guys see our former host Mark Fortin's movie was announced today? No. No, I haven't seen With it. With Russell Crowe starring. Oh, shit. Oh. Uh-huh. So Mark and Josh, Mark and his partner Josh, also his writing partner, are wrote and directed a movie. And Russell Crowe starring and Kevin Williamson's producing. So Amazing. Yeah. It was announced I'm- today. I can't wait. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm just so excited that we can actually talk about it, but I feel like I don't have anything specific to say about it. Cause I know nothing about it. It's so <laughs> secret. Russell Crowe is playing a man that is starring in a horror movie and his estranged daughter starts seeing like weirdness in him, but she thinks it might be sinister or something is what the log line said. Okay. Yeah. I heard, um, Mark and Josh's dog Sam has been on set. Yes. Oh my god, I can't. What did he <laughs> he what did he call her yesterday? He texted me yesterday. Norma Desmond. <laughs> he said she, he's the Norma Desmond of oh the set. Oh my god, Sam. I know. I love that baby. I love the dog. So how are you guys doing? You're good? Watching yeah. anything good? Yeah, well, um, I watched Candy Candyman is on Netflix right now. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. Uh, and I was I recorded an episode with Annie Annie Rose Malamut oh. um, for oh. Girls Guts and Jallo. I think I'm gonna do an episode with her in December. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, um, and that episode comes out tomorrow. So when this airs, Ooh. it'll be out, and it's like a two hour episode. Oh my god! As Candyman. talking about yeah. Candyman. Hmm? talking about Candyman. Yeah, oh. we. You know, because Annie's show, I love the format. She goes through the whole plot. Mm. Um, And so you really get to talk about everything. And plus, she knows everything. everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's just, you know, that's my friend. So I love talking to her. Yeah, well, no. To our episode. Their episode on Showgirls is phenomenal. It's so good. Is that her and Sam? No. No, They did boxing. Oh, that's uh, right. Who did Showgirls with her? Uh, My friend Sarah. Sarah, oh, um, okay. I, I think that's who was on show. Uh, Jersey, uh, Jersey, Jersey Trash Femme on Instagram. <laughs> such, I know. Such good Twitter handles. I'm so jealous of everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sarah's amazing too. Hold on, let me just and double Instagram, check who was whatever. on that. Handles um, wherever. But yeah, so watched Candyman. You know, that's, I mean, that's probably all of our, one of our favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't trust anybody that doesn't like that movie. No, ew. It's kind of like when you hear someone say they don't like Obama, like, and they don't mis- mention like how every president is a warlord. If they're just like, I don't like Obama. You're like, oh, I know you're racist. Someone says <laughs> they don't like Candyman. 
no matter what the I'm like, yeah, and you're probably racist. <laughs> anyway, and also, that, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Just that first Helen that comes out of his mouth mm. in the parking oh, garage. Just mm. the sheer the fucked sound me up. design of that too. Oh, oh my god, the acoustics, right? Fucked me up. I was just reading about the new movie. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. um I'm blanking on the n- former housing complex that's Cabrini Green yes. and how they're working that into the oh new yeah, movie. I read that too. <clears throat> and how Peel and Nia DaCosta insisted on hiring a lot of the people that live where they were shooting mm. in the movie for it to like be in the movie as whether it was extras or work on the crew. That's just that's like a great, real, yeah. yeah, like because like I guess you know whether or not this movie turns out good or whatever because you you know remakes are a toss up. Well, spiritual sequel. I think is what they're calling it. Okay. I mean, yeah. that we can Texas Chainsaw 3D this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is a positive no matter what. So yeah. that's awesome. Well, and he's in it. Jordan Peele is in it? No. Uh, Tony Todd? Yeah. Yeah. I believe he's in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My Google so alert. He's playing. I don't know if he's playing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's playing <laughs> Candyman or what. No, but, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Which is, you know. Son of Candyman. That would be hilarious if that was the name of the movie. I would love it. So Candyman, anything else? Yeah, uh, Scream. <laughs> well, <laughs> the first one. The first one. Um, and of course, also watched what we're going to talk about this week. Mm. Related to Scream. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People know by now. I know, Spoilers. right? I know. So, I'm so excited to talk about this movie with you. Um, uh, I have kind of a heavy thing to talk about. Yeah, you had mentioned um, this. Yes. I actually, I prepared a statement um, just because, oh. well, I wasn't sure w- what I wanted to say about this or how I wanted to talk about it. So I tried to like write out my thoughts and make them really clear. Mm-hmm. If they're not clear, just let me know. Um, because what I want to talk about is something that's a really big topic, but it's a tiny, tiny sliver of where I intersect with it. So I understand there's a lot of other angles to it um, that I can't encompass in three minutes or whatever. Okay. Okay, so I, just, I, I have a story I have to share with everybody. Okay, so, yeah, trigger warning. We're going to be talking about guns a little bit. Um, so, yeah, on Monday, October 7th, um, CSELB students, including my boyfriend and my sister, uh, received an alert that there was a credible threat of violence on campus and that they should remain in lockdown until further notice. Uh, apparently, the threat came from an email um, shared with the university police the, sus- the, uh, the suspect was apprehended, but for about an hour, students and teachers on campus were left in a state of fear and confusion. Mm. Uh, nobody was shot and nobody died. And that's why you probably didn't hear about it. Um, but for those people during that time, the threat was very, very profound. And this isn't the first time this has happened. On Tuesday, August 13th, 2013, um, I was working at the on-campus convenience store when we received a call that there was an active shooter on campus. Uh, we brought in all the students from the patio. We turned off the lights and the radio. We locked the door and waited. Um, I alternated between attempting to call my best friend who was also on campus and checking for updates on the campus emergency feed. Uh, we could see cop cars gather outside and we could hear the helicopters passing overhead. Um, I, my hands were shaking like they are right now. And I rooted through the drawer to find something to defend myself with. I pulled out a screwdriver and hoped I wouldn't have to attempt to use it. Uh, when we got the all clear, we locked up for the day, and I had to walk all the way across campus to my parked car, looking over mm. my shoulder the entire way. It later turned out that it was a false alarm, but the experience in that moment wasn't false. 
it was brutally terrifyingly real and that horror was compounded by how isolating it was that nobody who heard about it took it seriously it was just a false alarm so who cares well i care i would never dare to compare myself to those who survived the horrific actual trauma of gun violence losing friends or relatives or classmates in the process it's not possible for me to imagine the depth of that devastation that those people experienced during the harrowing events of recent years but I've carried the psychic scars of that day for six years. I have never felt completely safe in a public place since 2013. Every mall or movie theater I go to, the thought is always in the back of my mind. Keep an eye on that person. Note the emergency exits. Could this door withstand gunfire? Now, a whole new crop of students in my community has gone through the exact same thing over half a decade later. My heart breaks for them and for everyone across the globe who was touched in any way by the threat of senseless gun violence. So periodically, I do like to run uh, fundraising campaigns about this. And this week's events kind of inspired me to give another push on that. Um, also, hey, fun news. I've been looking for a way to reshape my crimmy marathon. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, for every Queer Wolf listener who makes a donation of $5 or more at MarchForOurLives.com, I will watch and review another crimmy film in the new year. If you donate $20 or more, that review will come in the form of a parody song. Wow. Um, you can DM me or Queer Wolf on Twitter or Instagram with a screenshot of your receipt. Please black out any personal information. I do not want that. Um, yeah, watching movies is one skill I have in abundance, and I'd like to use that power for good whenever I can. So please donate to help end the cycle of violence that has racked us for too long. Um and that's what I have to say about that. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, no problem. I, I don't know. I always feel weird about it because, like, nothing happened, but also a lot happened. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from the experience that there are people who have had much worse things happen and to them. Psychological wounds are still wounds. Yeah. You know, mm. Like. So, I don't know. I wanted to speak in support of everyone at CSULB who had to live through that because mm-hmm. it's... Oh, hard how's your boyfriend doing your sister uh they're they're doing okay um it was it was a weird day um but yeah and for the record this was recorded on october 10th 2019 because if there's some shit that has happened between the recording (sighs) and the release that's why i didn't talk about it um i also have a palate cleanser after that okay Thank, I you watched, for, thank you for that, though. Yeah, no And problem. you'll post all that info. Yeah, it'll be on, in the show notes on my Twitter and on the Queer Wolf Twitter. Okay, good. Because um, I want to donate. Thank you. And then I'm going to pick 52 movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, for the record, you're not picking the movies. I, I'm just going to watch one for everyone who donates. Okay. I am picking the movies. Okay. Um, I'm going to make you watch 52 movies. Okay, please. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what the past year has been, right? So, <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. True. Um, yeah, palate cleanser. I watched Tall Girl on Netflix. Oh shit, I did too. <laughs> did you really? Oh yes. my god. Not like a couple weeks ago or something. Yeah, me yeah. too. Okay. What is this? I've seen oh, like the box. Have you seen, seen like all the... of the hating on Twitter? No, kind of, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I've seen the the square on Netflix. And <laughs> yeah. Just like passed by it. You think your life is hard, Michael? She has to wear size thirteen men's sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's, it's, she's the, you know, the largest minority in the town where she lives, which is New Orleans, this tall white girl <laughs> in this extremely white high school in New Orleans. <laughs> um, is this a Netflix movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> Nay, what do, how did you feel about it? Oh my God. I've been cracking up at the tweets talking about, um, 
Can this shut up? Uh, yes, please do. <laughs> How you know people are making fun of like this these person's problems? I will say, as someone who was a lot taller, oh, yes, yeah. than their classmates, um, until high school when um, boys got taller finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it you you obviously do get made fun of for literally anything oh, yeah. as a and child. Th- so that, that is, is a, a, that sorry. is a thing. But when they said that she was like she's six one, I don't know something about the way they shot it and the way that they advertised it. I thought this person was like <laughs> eight feet se- tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's like seven seven. Yeah. Um, and also that that is obviously a real stigma. That's a real thing, especially for, sure. for people mm-hmm. who are stuck living in the binary. Yeah, it can be tough in high school, especially for like female presenting people. Yeah. But, she, but it was her, an absurd movie. Yeah. Her best friend's a woman of color, <laughs> like a black girl. Like, is she queer? Like, there's just like so many things. I'm like, we, first of all, how dare anyone make anything dealing with new Orleans and have it centered around white people? Like, are you <laughs> yeah. serious? I don't mean to laugh. It's but. like when you watch Coven and like, obviously I'll watch any American horror story ever, but I'm like, you, y'all had a lot of caucasity. <laughs> to center white people in New Orleans in a story set in New Orleans. All of them. Rude. Yeah. And the the love interest character um, <laughs> who's a short guy who's in love with her, who's like, mm-hmm. you know, he's her friend, but he very transparently does not want to be her friend. Mm-hmm. He literally greets her every day with another pickup line. Yeah. He is an incel piece of shit. And I want him to be run over with a steamroller. I hate the character so much. Steamroller, huh? Let me tell you the spoiler alert for Tall Girl. Um, he carries around all of his books in a milk crate, which yes. is one of his quirky attributes. Um, and it, she's, it sounds complicated. Oh, yeah, it is. Get a, get and throughout sack. the movie, she's like, that's lame. Why are you doing this? But then the, in the end, it's revealed why he does it. So he, he can stand on yeah, it? Yeah, he flips it upside down to stand on it to kiss her. And I wanted to throttle the life out of him. <laughs> not the actor, not the whatever, you know. The character. The character is insufferable. <laughs> Um, Brennan's angry. He, no, and there's a part where she's flattered that he incites violence to defend her honor. And I, I hate straight men so much. Um, but also, you know that thing in movies where a character is supposed to give a speech, but then they like throw away the note cards and give a completely different speech? Uh, that thing that, that happens in every movie? No. She, at, at the school dance, walks up to the microphone unsolicited and gives a speech that nobody was asking her to make in the first place. Like it's not her. It's not her Katie Heron moment where it's like, "I won the crown. Let me talk about." I, love why I loved her it. outfit though, and that last, oh, yeah. last outfit they gave her. It's a great outfit. It's amazing. But nobody was asking her to talk to anyone. I love in when the first Tim place. Meadows and Mean Girls is like, you know, you don't have to give a speech. <laughs> uh, I you know I only watched that movie because of Angela Kinsey. Oh, that's um, right. She's in it. Yeah, yeah. She's I don't watch anything that. Anyone from the office. Yeah, I'll do, you know, I'm a (laughs) slut for the office. I'll watch it. I stopped watching when Jim and Pam got married. Ten years ago, like two days ago, they were so there. Oh, yeah. Really? That was the last episode I watched. Wow. I thought it was like perfect. So I just like kind of stopped watching because I knew it wouldn't ever be as good. Fair. Well. And Jim's trash. Yes. (laughs) Completely. I'll die on that hill. (sighs) I'll die with you. So do you have any last things about Tall Girl? I kind of got carried away. Uh, no. It's a recommend. <laughs> Big no. recommend from you both. <laughs> it's, it's, 
I mean, it, it wasn't hard to watch. Like, it's kind of like it sounds like a lifetime movie. It it's very bland. It's very bland. It's bland. It, lifetime movies aren't bland though. No, no, not at all. That's for sure. It was also I don't know what to make of this, but it was directed by a woman of color, which is great. But I can only assume it was under duress, like. <laughs> No, no, I don't know. She's like, I need a check. Yeah, okay. It's like, yes, get that money. (laughs) But it's a weird, it's a weird thing to square with the way the movie is. Yeah, well, I'm ready to sell out at any moment. Oh yeah, wait for that. (laughs) On its way. You're like waiting for your phone to rattle out. I'm like, oh, direct. Is this my sellout? Sure. Pure flicks. All right. Tall girl too. Taller. (laughs) Still taller. Yeah. Even taller. Uh, (laughs) she's six foot two in this one (laughs) okay michael what are you Uh, watching speaking of caucasity i've been watching american horror story oh yeah Uh uh-huh they literally kill the black guy first (laughs) yeah it's okay i'm a huge fan of slashers Mm -hmm. obvi love slashers i love usually any form of slashers i am not having this season it's so boring yeah i don't even know where to begin like okay like if i was gus kenworthy's ex-boyfriend i'd be really upset that he got a job on the show before me he's not an actor (laughs) um and nobody's pretending that he is right right i don't know and like spoiler alert um like the amount of like i'm a huge fan of twists but the amount of twists that are happening, it gets to a point. Okay, so you know how there's people in your life. I have a person in my life that says everything's amazing. So whenever they, after a while, they say, whenever they say the word amazing so mm-hmm. much, you start thinking, well, you say everything's amazing, so it's it's not amazing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's there comes a point when there's so many twists where that it's just like who cares, like uh-huh. it's just one twist but, after the other to so the point where I'm bored by them. Everyone's in on it. Like, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like well, that part I actually kind of like, cause I find he hasn't this, seen it. So I'm trying to like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I just, I find this season so fabulously boring so far it's just, that I'm like, how stupid can we make this show? Please give me <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that like, so like I've watched the four episodes that have aired and I'm hate watching it at this point. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm kind of hoping it just gets so bad that it's like, really entertaining because well, you know to be fair i am entertained while i watch it because this last episode i watched last night the whole time i must have said like every four minutes this show is so stupid but i was enjoying the hell out of myself oh yeah you know um yeah the see, episodes three and four are definitely more interesting i was kind of snoozing <laughs> through the first two yeah um but nothing like someone the other i saw someone tweet like I'm really loving the story. I'm like, there is no story. <laughs> There's nothing going on. It's just a bunch of people running around at a camp. Well, yeah. I, yeah. You know, yeah. So which works in an 80 minute camp movie slasher for doing that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of brutal. It looks great. Um, I do want, it's a 10 episode season. We have six whole episodes. Oh I want a new reveal. I want everyone to be a killer by the end of this season. Well, at this point, the reveals, like there's been so many reveals that there's six episodes left. So I want them to reveal that, like I want Emma Roberts to take her head off and she's an alien. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I, look, I want a, a tree to pull off a blonde wig. Yes. Like I was the killer the whole time. <laughs> yes. Or like it's on Mars out of nowhere. I keep oh, waiting awesome. for like in the, a snow globe. Yeah, I keep waiting for like the mid uh-huh, the season, like, Swerve, like yeah, swerve. But 
we haven't gotten there yet, but at the same time, like if there is a swerve, I may not even catch it because there's been so many ridiculous <laughs> twists on top of one another that at this point they mean nothing to me. Like, I don't know, but I am, I love Emma Roberts though. Wow. I I, really I could never have Roberts. told that from your Twitter. <laughs> Am I going to wait till next September to watch this? I always wait, but I don't think I will this time. Maybe I will. I'll do it as a Halloween gift to you. <laughs> I'm sending you the season because I need you to watch this. <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. You <laughs> but I saw. Um, is it Bea? From Blumhouse? No, uh, Ryan Larson's friend. Oh, B. 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 That's B. She, she's loving the season. I saw her tweet today. Oh, yeah. B um, and Ryan. Oh, yeah. You should be following their recaps on Keep Screaming Podcast. Oh, are they doing recaps? Oh, yeah. They're fun. Okay. And I was reading Joe and um, Terry. Terry, yeah. Terry's recap today, and it was both pretty funny that they're both just kind of like, what oh, is this Oh, I was kind of looking at that. Um, but I just like, I don't know. At this point, I'm just like. I w- watch it because I want to see how bad Gus Kenworthy can get. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Angelica Ross. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's and a really great cast. She's John really Lynch and Emma Roberts and Billy Lord and Leslie Grossman and Cody I, Fern. And I just feel like so far he's not, or Ryan Murphy as an entity is not pushing them yet, but I hope he gets to a point where we get to, play with those characters well for me i am a huge fan of like i said slashers but i i get a little upset when i feel like people don't respect them Mm. at the same time as they're satirizing them or doing their own spin on them and i just get the vibe from him that he doesn't truly respect slashers i couldn't watch scream scream queens i know people loved the show i actually thought they were rude about the format in that show i i thought it I mean, I'm not going to say it was mean, but I just was like, they're not respecting the genre that they're parodying. And I kind of get the sense that like this season feels a little bit like, well, what else are we going to do on this show? Well, and there's, there's definitely, I mean, you know, no American horror story season is completely coherent to a single like subgenre or idea or whatever, but definitely this one, uh, bleeding around the edges is a lot of that, like ryan murphy stuff that he just loves so much where he's like how can we get true crime in here it's like we didn't need it but at sure all. i can't wait at actually all. oh yeah that it's, character it's wild that character i actually text sam weinman today and go i hate it <laughs> i oh, hate yeah, that character it's, look, i like had tea time with sam about the show for 20 minutes because <laughs> he feels a lot a lot of the same things i do and he loves gus kenworthy and he's like girl you should not be on screen oh <laughs> <sighs> That's yeah. the Olympian, right? Yeah. Yes. Funny. Yeah. And everyone's garbage. Yeah. It's like every character's garbage. Yeah. Oh, I thought you just meant in general. <laughs> in world. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah everyone of is course. Garbage, everyone is it's, awful. It's like there's no one to root for is what I'm finding. Because you're supposed to be, I think, siding with Emma Roberts the whole time. And I just, her of all people, they're giving her nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm they like, will. Just let her Jill Roberts it out. Like, <laughs> give her the knife. <laughs> So, but I will keep watching. I recommend it for the trash that it is. Okay. Um, yeah, there are some scenes where I'm like, I, I kind of want to key into the ludicrousness of what's happening because I have been kind of desensitized to it. But like thinking about it on paper, I'm like, if I describe the scene I'm just I'm watching right now, it sounds kind of hypnotically in bonkers. Like what? Well, the thing, like this week's episode, 
had they not had 487 twists before this week's, <laughs> the big twist this week would have been really great. With I literally don't even know what twist you're talking with, about. With the, owner, with the owner of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's not, it's fine. But um, my, po- my point is that twist just did nothing for me because there's been 700 that I'm just like, oh, here's another one. Here's another like. <laughs> I thought Brennan was saying ludicrous was in the, in the oh, show. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh shit. You never no, know. They already, <laughs> they already have two black characters. They can't have a third. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for a show with a very tight cast set in an isolated location they do find ways to bring in a lot of extra people so i'm sure ludicrous will have a chance to show up at some point they really do they really have done that yeah they're like oh yeah um 18 people parachuted into this camp (laughs) um it It, it looks cool yeah it's a work retreat looks great yeah it looks great um it's interesting that they've so far had the first four episodes play out over like essentially four hours <laughs> it is brutal. That's the How I Met Your Mother final season oh approach. God. And I mm, don't Ted love it. Mosby is the worst oh my God, yeah. person ever. <laughs> you never yeah. should have met anybody. The mother. Yeah. <laughs> you should be in, in an isolation. The twist is that he dies chamber. alone. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I used to love that show too. And I eventually got so sick of him being so whiny that I was like, I can't watch the show anymore. It's like, give me the Robin and Barney spinoff. Anyway. <laughs> okay. That's my AHS rant. Well, yeah. Speaking of slashers that are kind of a pastiche of the genre, we're here to talk about a very important movie today. It's a little movie called Scream 2. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That noise really brings me back, just automatically. The phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I immediately think Hello, of this, these Sydney. movies. Remember me? Is this when he's going to say it's time, girlfriend? What do you want? It is, it is. It's time, girlfriend. Why did they cut that? <laughs> 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 I cannot. Why did they cut that? It's showtime. Is what he Nine, says in two college students were brutally murdered. That's not even are everywhere. Yeah, this is all deleted scenes. Seven times. How? So threatened by the murder. What am I supposed to do? If there is some freaked out psycho, they're probably already in your life. It time, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have kept that. Well, I was so bummed. That was like the one part of the movie where I got really bummed when I first saw this because that was in all the commercials. <laughs> and then he oh. says, it's showtime. I was like, what the fuck? Where's the girlfriend? Well, you know, this You're movie gay. was. <laughs> yeah. This As I'm like was... sitting there next to a girl I like, I just did giant like, air quotes. There's the girlfriend. Yeah. Like, it's she's time. Up she's up there. <laughs> in Canada. And me saying, I want her jacket. <laughs> um. But, you know, I mean, obviously, this movie was notoriously racked with rewrites because the script was leaked online. Right? Yeah, so it was the first movie. I think it was the first movie ever to have its script leak on the leaked on the internet. Just kind of a badge of honor, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. People I were that the, excited I did about screen too. Yeah, I think it was. I know. Um, I've heard different versions of the story that the entire script was leaked, and then I've heard the first forty pages. Um. But then I also heard that like Kevin wrote a fake ending that got online that people thought was real. Um, but anyway, Scream 2, 1997, directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. I want to um, hear if you could bring yourself to create a shady summary for Scream 2. Um, Pass. Come back to me. <laughs> I don't think I could. Yeah, I mean, mine's not shady, 
But yeah. just, just, um, Gail and Dewey forever. Yeah. I was legitimately so personally sad when David Arquette and Courtney Cox got divorced. <laughs> um, because Gail and Dewey mean so much to me. Yes. Yeah. I was telling Jordan Cruciola yesterday that if they ever do another scream, I do want to see a scream movie though, where they actually aren't arguing the entire time. True. Um, that would be interesting because my, my shady summary would be watch the perfect slasher movie right before you watch the worst sequel in the series. <laughs> so it's, it's a shade on three. Oh, okay. Well, here's <laughs> wait. Nate, did you give one? Did I black out? Yes. Yeah, you yeah, did. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. We talked. Okay, cool. I was going to just quote Jada Pinkett. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Said. So Brian watched this with me last night for like the hundred time too, but he like never really had paid attention to the opening scene. And he was dying at everything Jada Pinkett was saying. Oh yeah. Yo, she that, that's killed a perfect, this shit. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he, cause he's not a huge poor guy and he so he's like is all that stuff she's saying true i'm like yeah that's why she's saying <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> uh yeah my shitty summer is this stone cold classic always has a place in my top five scream movies <laughs> wow oh, look it it vacillates between two and three but like i just see i was actually talking to our, our friends on the attack of the cruel pack facebook group and i was like i really really like this movie and i'm worried that's not enough for michael (laughs) um but here's my favorite shady summary from the pack okay it's from our listener cade smith and it's the most accurate representation in cinema of how a white mother will react if you accuse her son of doing something he did in fact do (laughs) oh my god that's perfect that is whoa (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) that is like and it's sadly true oh yeah it's so sadly true. My Billy <laughs> did not. Um, I don't even know where to be. Damn, Aunt Jackie. Aunt Jackie. Literally, we should we should start talking about her because first yeah. of all, she was snubbed for the Oscars in 1997 as well as for Lady Bird. But um, <laughs> she's so good in this movie. She had just finished Roseanne. She had finished Roseanne. <laughs> she started filming this right after uh-huh. Roseanne ended, and she had no idea she was a killer. <laughs> yeah. They uh, this was like one of the first movies too where they like literally printed after the movie leaked they were pr- they printed this script on special paper with lines through it so mm-hmm. you couldn't even fucking photocopy it oh yeah um, and like have the cast that they like couldn't even read <laughs> because of the paper and stuff um, but she said when she was reading one draft I saw an interview with her once she was reading a draft of it as they were shooting and she's like oh shit I think I'm going to be putting one of these fucking things on which sadly she never ended up putting oh, on yeah. the cloak um, but she started realizing that she was in fact well, Billy's mother I'm curious what that script would have looked like if she wasn't the killer because why are we casting Aunt Jackie as Debbie Salt if she's yeah. not the killer yeah I don't know I mean it could have this movie does a really good job to me of and I'm as, we're by the way fans listeners we're assuming you know the movie well enough that we don't need to start from the beginning of the movie to, to discuss everything we're just going to kind of hop around here um, but watching the movie last night and really paying attention to stuff I never really focused on before like the queer aspect mm-hmm. and just the way the movie just is like structured there's so many characters in this movie, mm-hmm. but they all matter. And yet some don't, but like 
Lois and Murphy, at the end of the day, yes. they're not needed in this movie, right? And yet, but they're so fucking good. And you, I look at Debbie Salt could have been a character like that had she not That's been true. a killer. And she I, was like Gail's nemesis in the movie. Yeah. And which I, Gail yeah. has had every movie. And I think the smartest thing they did, had she not been the killer, that only would have worked with a, a character actor like Laurie Metcalf. I guess if you you're had right. just gotten like random woman off the street, the character would have been like, what is this about? But Laurie Metcalf brings so much to the role. Well, yeah, she's even before she goes, you know, cuckoo bananas, she is Gail. There is no yeah. before. <laughs> well, it's true. But that she's woman. really good cuckoo as Debbie. So. She's so good. Like, like the one punch, like Gail. Hi. I'm like, Oh my God. Everything she does is perfect. Just yeah. the, like, <laughs> just the really, the really, the shade she is throwing oh, at yeah. Gail Weathers. But like Gail, which Gail needs. Yeah, yeah. But like Gail right back, like she's like, I would just love a quote for my story. And like Gail's <laughs> line back to her is fucking fire. Do we have that? I don't, I don't think, think we so. do. In the cavalcade of text, I don't think you mentioned yeah, it. I was like firing text way to oh, get this, kept get, get this club. But she literally goes, okay, begin, begin quote. Your flattering remarks are both desperate and obvious. End quote. And I'm just like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, why do we need clips when we have Michael's <laughs> we brain have in the room? Right. I was like right. literally reciting the movie to Brian last night. I was like, Will you shut up. <laughs> um, when you guys first saw this movie, okay. did you know she was the killer? Did you, in your mind, think she was the killer? No, I didn't. I don't remember who I thought it was, but no. And definitely when the, the reveal that Mickey is the first killer, the first time I watched it, I was like, who the fuck is this? I don't remember this character. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the least memorable of the group of friends. Yeah, and at the time, I did not know who Timothy Oliphant was. No one did. Now I Yeah, it was his first It was like his first feature. I I watched it in like 2010, 2009, though. Mm -hmm. So it was way after the movie came out. I love him. I love him, too. And like watching him, he's good in the movie. Yeah. When she watched it a couple times, you realize all the subtleties that he's doing. He's got this little creep thing going on in the background of a lot of scenes, too. Mm -hmm. I knew it was him the first time I saw it. I guessed it was him. I didn't know. Um, When Gail and Dewey are in the film school and the killer's taping them because yeah. he carries around a fucking video camera the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, But I also nice. think that was a purposeful choice on Wes and Kevin's part to throw you off the scent of Debbie Salt, Debbie Salt slash Mrs. Loomis. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it, this, okay. Watching it last night, I realized too, this movie is so queer in so many ways. So Brian Fuller was here for dress to kill. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. And before, <laughs> and before the show, I told him we were doing this as our next episode. And I was saying, I'm kind of hard pressed to find some queer moments. I've never really looked at the movie in that way though. And he goes, Randy Meeks is so queer. He's like, they should have just made him gay. And so when I was watching the movie last night, he's, he reminds me of me at that age. Oh yeah. Me too. Like the video store horror nerd who is pining air quotes again, pining after a girl who is sweet, approachable, mm, non-threatening, cool. cool, only talks about his love for her in front of the cool boys. Yeah, And you kind of know you're not going to get with her and that's why it's so safe. Well, and I think he knows he, he doesn't want to get with her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't want to get with her because he's gay. <laughs> like, you know, and I was like, oh my God, that's me at that age. Because she's like a nice girl. So like, you don't really have to say, you know what I mean? Like he never approaches her romantically. Does he in the first mm. two movies before he dies? 
No, I don't think so. You know, and the only time he talks about her is with Billy and Sue and with Dewey in the second movie. Yeah. And when he's like talking to the film class with his binaca or whatever. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And then randomly breaks into a British accent. Gay. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, also, like, look, I, I'm surrounded by film nerds of all stripes and everyone's welcome. But my lower on the tier of my favorite is the one where the second you mention a movie, you get like a full scene from them. <laughs> Where they're talking about like sequels that are better than the originals, and yeah. he's doing like a full Marlon Brando impression yeah. for the Godfather too, <laughs> and then he's saying the wrong line from Aliens. That's my least favorite thing about this movie. Which it, he what? says, he says, uh, some, uh, I believe it's "Stay away from her, you bitch." Joshua Jackson says the line actually correct, yeah, and Randy corrects him, but it's the wrong version. I read Get something about her, how they had to improv that a little bit because someone said someone else's line. Yeah, actually, yeah. I just don't know why they kept it. And that scene was completely resh- that was a reshoot mm. because they initially shot that minus Sarah Michelle Gellar's character. There mm. was like just a, a random CC, a random, gr- <laughs> a random girl in that class that had all of her lines. That was like an extra, another character in the movie. <clears throat> and after they shot it, it's on the special features of iTunes. And I, I watched um, it on my Blu-ray. Deletion. Yeah. And uh, I think I listened to the commentary on it and Wes said that they felt it didn't pop. And they also thought that was like a happy accident because then they realized, wait, why don't we put Sarah Michelle Gellar mm-hmm. in this scene? And Joshua and, Jackson for some yeah, reason. And give her an, yeah, I don't think he's in the original version of it either. I don't think so. Um, and yeah, it's just CeCe's so good in it. Mm-hmm. CeCe Cooper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and queer. Oh yeah, I, I watched that deleted scene this morning. It does not pop. It's actually a, it's a really boring version of the that other scene. classroom. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's in, in like, like an a weird. Yeah, it's like set in a weird room. Like it just didn't feel it, like. And the teacher was not very good. The yeah, actor was that was strange. playing the teacher it was very strange. Sorry, we can keep talking about Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, nay. Yeah, I just want to hear any thoughts you have. Oh, I was just thinking uh, how how. Oops, I'm like away from the microphone. I was thinking about how she signed up before she read the script at all. She was the first one signed up. Yeah, yeah, she wanted in. I feel that. Yeah, she's like, give me some of that screen money. <laughs> yeah, that's that like season two of a sitcom magic where the sitcom blows up and then all of a sudden all the famous people want to be in the next season as guest stars. Yeah. It's like hell yeah, I'm going to yeah. be in the new screen movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's crazy because what, what had Buffy even was Buffy like, on the air when she signed on for this movie? Maybe it's first season it just ended because it was like she signed on for Scream Two before I know what you did last summer came out because they came out like a month apart. Yeah, I don't don't remember the exact timeline, but yeah, the first season of Buffy was ninety seven, so it was around then. So maybe it was like, yeah, it must have been right around then because yeah, she was signed on before there was even a script. God, so many of them were filming multiple things at once. I was reading about Nev Campbell's filming schedule, like where. They would do all these scream two night shoots Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and she would go home shower and then leave to film party of five. Yeah. I just cannot imagine. Yeah. It ran, ran pretty late the shoot considering it was coming out in December. Cause I think they started shooting it in the summer and, but it bled into there. I think Courtney was Courtney Cox doing the same thing with friends at that point. Um, I th- think so. And I think Jerry O'Connell was on something. He was too. on a show called sliders yeah. at the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's this cast is insane. Yeah. Rebecca Gayhart auditioned for Hallie. Mm. Didn't get it. They hired Elise Neal. But then they were like, why don't you play one of the sorority sisters, which is just so perfect. Perfect. I do wish Hallie had remained one of the killers. I think that would have been fun. Yeah. They had, do you know who the original killers are, Brennan? Hallie According to the Derek, script, right? it was Hallie, Derek, 
Mrs. Loomis and cotton. There was four. Wow. Yeah. And like cotton wasn't in on it with them though. Like they, oh, he was just like mm, an ex- extraneous kind of like in the end of the, in the end of the script, like helping Sydney. But then when she essentially killed the three killers coming after her, he was like, Oh, now I have the opportunity to kill her myself. I still think knowing, I still think cotton did some of it. And we <laughs> just not telling it. Like, I swear he just seems so shady. Well, and how does he like, why is he showing up where Dewey just was stabbed? Yeah. And like the basement of the film department. Like what was he doing down there? Yeah, and He's were you creeper? Were you really not going to shoot me if I didn't agree to this interview? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't believe that. I don't believe. Oh, that. when him and Sydney, yeah, when with he him and Mrs. Sydney? Loomis, yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't really appreciate. This is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I don't trust you. I do want a bonus feature that's their interview with Barbara Walters. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was wondering if if we ever would have gotten a third. <clears throat> Yeah, we never got a third screen. Because, what a shame. Well, no, if we'd ever gotten a third <laughs> based on what Kevin wanted to originally uh-huh. do. So I always loved how in the first movie she mentions, like, with my luck, they'll cast Tori Spelling. Right. Yes. And they cast Tori Spelling. Right. And I always wondered, like, if had Kevin done three, would there had been a Barbara Walters interview in Scream 3? Because mm, mm. to me, it was like that little yeah. like wrinkle that he so might good add. At that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we never got it. And we got a Scooby-Doo th- Scream 3 instead. Can we play Lois and Murphy clips? All day. Hold on. <laughs> How's it, Matt? Oh, my God. <laughs> Hi! No, I really need that. Hi. It's like the best line reading ever. Maybe my favorite line ever written. <laughs> I do love the blowjob talk though that she has too later. Oh shoot, I didn't get that part. That's okay. Um, but I have their introduction into the, the yeah, film. Let's listen to this too, because they're hello, very girls. clear. Enjoying yourselves? Oh, hello, Sister Lois. Murphy. Hello, Pledge. Hi, Sydney. <laughs> this must be flat out hell for you. How are you holding up? I manage. It's really weird, isn't it? To think this fuss is all because of you. I mean, Ooh. not directly, but in some six degrees of Kevin Bacon way. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Hallie, are you going to bring your friend to our little martini mixer tonight? Uh, I have a lot of work. We'll to be there. Oh, good. Because Sid, we have our so eyes bad. on you. You hang in there, and if there is anything you can do, the Delta Lambdas are very sensitive to point. Yeah. Only a gay man could write that scene. Correct. It was so bitchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you are bold. Like, I can't imagine coming out my mouth like that at Sydney. Like, this, have you seen her with Gail? It's on sight. Like, yeah. she is not afraid to pop the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's the last bitch I'm going to push. That's the last one. Yeah. Right, like, she shot her boyfriend Yo, in the fucking head. Right? What did she say? What do you, That's my, what do you know my, about Billy Loomis that I fucking killed him? You forget one thing about Billy Loomis. Yes. Fucking killed him. That's my favorite the line of hers in the yes. entire it's series. It's so Power good. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good. fucking good. And then she whacks him across the Yo. face with a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty gay, too. It, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of queerness in this movie oh. when you watch it and focus on it. Like, oh. Lois and Murphy are queer avatars. Only a gay man could write those roles, I feel like they remind me a lot of like they they're like a precursor to this to mean girls in a oh, lot yeah. of ways mm-hmm. you know like they they remind me a lot of those two girls from final destination three who go to the tanning salon yeah oh my god much better versions Cause they, well because they invite mary elizabeth winstead to come with them they're like, uh, we're so nice uh, <laughs> and they're like both <laughs> named the same right I, I don't ashley know. and ashlyn i think yeah, their names like are. 
Ooh, lo- I love all the Final Destinations. I do too. They're so good. All Even four, which is terrible. I don't mind watching. Oh hell yeah! The oh no, I'll watch all of them. Pure sugar. Five is great. Yeah, yeah. I think five might be no. Two might be my favorite in that series as well. To this day, every time I get on a flight, I look around at the people on the mm-hmm. flight with me and I'm like, is this who I die with? <laughs> Same. <Is> this- <laughs> I flew for the very first fucking time three weeks after seeing that movie. Oh, I'm, afraid no. of, I'm afraid of heights and afraid of flying. Yeah, that's not so good. Um, anyway, Lois and Murphy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So <laughs> I love, okay. I love how they just fucking pop up. Like after like Derek is stabbed, they're just standing yeah. in the front door. Like, is everything okay? Yeah. And just, uh, what do you think they're doing now in life? Oh my God. They're selling the shit out of some Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah. They have the pink Cadillac. Oh yeah. They're going on their trips to Turks and Caicos. They sell Mary Kay, Norwax. Like they sell all of those white women selling so things. I tweeted once that oh, yeah. I want to spin off with them and I see them as two PTA moms <laughs> with rich husbands who they fucking hate. Yeah. And who spend all their time meddling in their kids shit, but probably own like a Pilates studio together. Yeah. It's like big little lies oh, yeah. yes. meets dance moms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, like, and like not in like a, a, not in something as cute as Monterey. Right, yeah, but so they're like, definitely hanging out with like Alabama somewhere with Christina Applegate in Bad Moms. <laughs> like they're part of her crew <laughs> with Jada Pinkett. She's in that too. I love Bad Moms. Um, <laughs> this, the Bad Moms Christmas is actually terrific. I didn't see it, but I I thought the first Bad Moms was hilarious. I I didn't, but Bad Moms Christmas. Is I'll watch any Christmas movie. I'm just throw that out there. So the other thing I love about this movie too is that like Lois and Murphy are also in Sydney's play. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And what a, <laughs> could you imagine paying to see that play? Um, I really know. love Danny Elfman's music in there, though. Oh, yeah. And I think Nev is pretty good at the acting in it. Aesthetically, you know? it's fabulous. Yeah. And I mean, that whole that scene is really, really, really gnarly and cool mm-hmm. that she's mm-hmm. essentially like, I mean, it's just a taunt. I think at the end of the day, I don't think he was yeah. really going to try and kill her. Uh-huh. But like, I was just thinking about that. So I saw I noticed for the first time Adam Shankman choreographed that scene, which is pretty bomb um but that that scene's pretty great and i love i love her conversation with her the director about her fate Mm -hmm. it's cute (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm not being coherent about this movie because i want to say 500 things at once um what was i gonna say I mean, what else stands out to you guys as queer in this movie? I mean, I think there's so much. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Lois and Murphy, Randy. Um, the line when Gail and Dewey meet again for the first time uh-huh. and he leaves her just saying, nice streaks. Uh, yeah. Her streaks are queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have that clip. We do. Do we want to yeah. hear it? I, at least the, I love when he pops off on her oh, yeah. and like says that whole so I should uh, skip past the yeah, whole Broken Arrow theme yeah. and get to the end. I love Broken Arrow. Okay. Um, it's such a good choice. It is a great choice. I guess that was temp music for a test screening uh-huh. and the audience reacted to it so well that they left it in the movie. Yeah. And then he created Dewey's theme based around that. Yeah, the it's film. so good. The yeah. dun 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 dun. Yeah, so great. Why don't you just leave her alone? Okay, hold on. Let's see. Dewey, I never meant to imply. How do you know that my dim-witted inexperience isn't merely a subtle form of manipulation used to lower people's expectations, thereby enhancing my ability to effectively maneuver within any given situation? Uh, okay. 
do do. I love David Arquette in these movies. I do too. So much. I do too. I feel like everybody in, I, to me, everybody in Scream 2 is at their peak selves as far yes. as their character arcs go and their performances. Oh, uh, can I play my favorite clip of Gail Weathers? Yes. Uh, when they're running around the, the quad ripping phones out yes. of people's hands. This, to find this was a moment face. I had flagged yesterday as like, this is like a precursor to viral fame. Oh, okay. And queerness. And mm-hmm. it's queer. Maybe I hope we're talking about the same thing. I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're going to play. Listen to it. Who's this? Who's this? Gail Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. (laughs) Only a white gay man when a serial killer is running around would plug their Instagram account. (laughs) And that's essentially what she's doing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) She's like, follow me. I know. I like shouted last night. I go, I never really put that together. Brian's like, what? I was like, she just plugged her book to one fucking person. Like in a tense situation, in a tense situation, like nails the line. I, so to me, the screen movies are queer because of Gail Weathers at the end of the day. I think she is a badass bitch. I think she doesn't get the credit enough as she's a final girl as well. Um, maybe not on the same level as Sydney, but in any other series, she'd be the lead character. Um, and I think her character arc is so juicy and meaty in the first two movies. Um, but for me, I identify with her in a queer aspect because Gail was one of the first female characters I remember watching where I like wanted to be and not for any other reason other than she's fucking fabulous. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's living her truth at all times. She, all times. Like, you know who Gail Weathers is because she tells you exactly what and who she is at all times. Um, Nay, what you're shaking your head. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about how like the kind of person you have to be to be a journalist to um and the kind of person you have to be to ask questions people don't want to answer mm-hmm. and to dig and like pressure people and to go where you're not wanted and I I don't have that in me. Yeah. I do not. I don't have it in me either, but I also think it's it's a commentary that the films don't get enough credit for or that people just don't talk about it because there's so much other substance going on. We're like Gail's like the perfect example of a woman in the 90s that has to do everything 10 times harder, rougher and harsher just to get ahead. Like it wouldn't that character wouldn't work if it was played by a man or if the character was male. Mm-hmm. Um and like people call her ruthless and a bitch a lot in these movies. But like, I also think it's like, she knows she has to be something nobody else is in order to just even like get her microphone in somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> when the cameraman leaves her, <laughs> but comes back, but leaves her. I and just, just like the old days. <laughs> I love that. Jolie. Oh my God. That was so funny. Brian was like last night. He goes, wait, did he just leave? I'm like, yeah, he goes, he's the smartest character. He's like, you need to get your head movies. checked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And do you think that was a choice made because he was one of the few black characters in the movie? Cause they do talk about race a lot in this film. I mean, maybe I'm it's, it's funny to like contrast these two kind of black people in horror movie stereotypes. One where they die first, mm-hmm, which like she Jada, talks about, but then the other stereotype where they leave before the people die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't know. Cause that's what Brian's like. He's the most rational person in the bunch. He's <laughs> like, listen, not today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. See, you wouldn't want to be. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, I love that they do set him up as like a red herring. 
mm-hmm. for the first like hour of the movie, especially when Randy dies. He conveniently yeah. leaves to go get donuts. Uh, oh yeah. Randy's death, huh? Fuck yeah. That, that scene's hard. It's hard. I remember um a friend of mine cried mm-hmm. when that happened. Oh. I was a senior in high school when this movie came out. And this was like our these movies were like my high it's like our breakfast club or our yeah. you know fast times at Ridgemont High and that character really resonated with a lot of people. People were upset when he got killed and that's like ballsy. Mm-hmm. Like and he dies an hour into the movie. There's a whole hour of a movie left after he dies. Yeah, and like the Scream franchise tends to get flack for like playing their protagonist with kid gloves mm-hmm. um because you know Dewey and Gale and mm-hmm. Sydney tend to survive these movies. Yeah. But also like, look at the brutality of Randy's death. They're not messing around. Right. And like, yeah. get, like, like Cotton gets it in the first seven minutes of the third movie. Oh, yeah, that's great. I think after a while, though, there is the and the the series new, too. Like, they were the Holy Trinity, the three of them. Yeah. Like, you can't, essentially, at the end of the day, you can't kill them. Anymore. Like, the, it's like the rare horror movie where there's, like, a trio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're a trio of people you have to keep around. Otherwise, fans are going to get pissed. Although I feel like if they were going to kill one of them in the fourth movie, it was when they should have done it. Um, but they didn't. And who should it have been? I mean, of the three, if one of them had to go for me, it would be Dewey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and look, uh, of the four, picking Randy to go first, I think, was the best decision. Yeah. Because I don't think I could have stomached two more movies with Randy in yeah, them. Yeah, I think his character <laughs> was kind of at its peak, but any more of him, you would have been like, okay, that's enough. His yeah. appearance in three is annoying. Yeah. Well, especially like <laughs> as a high school film geek, I totally related to that character. Mm-hmm. But then as I grow older and look upon Randy with new eyes, I'm like, Oh, he's probably not a very nice person. Yeah. I mean. he's, he's like a Dunkelman from tall girl. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Although they did pick the perfect moment in scream Two and the perfect character to really give Sydney that like, gut punch that she needed in order to like lift herself back up again. But man, he dies an hour into the movie. There's an, it's a two hour movie and he dies halfway through. That's insane. Yeah. Like a lesser movie would have either done it in the very beginning or waited till the very end of the movie. Um, and I love that we have a two hour slasher. <laughs> I don't love, I know your rule. I, no, that is my rule, <laughs> but Scream, I tend to make an exception for because they're soap operas. The Scream movies are perfect. Yeah, and also, yes. um, I will give you that extra twenty minute package if you're a whodunit. Yes, um, to get the explanation and yeah, and to like have that whole third yeah, act like fun I, campy part. I timed it. I looked at the runtime yesterday just to see when that happened, and Mickey re- pulls the mask off an hour and thirty five minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. and I did actually immediately think of you <laughs> talking about how like anything. Was it you that was saying like Elric Kane yeah. has a rule? Like, like you get the first 80 minutes free. And then you got to earn the rest. <laughs> yes. And I thought of you guys immediately because I was like, it's 95 minutes into the movie. That's past Brennan's runtime. No, but the screen movies <laughs> earn it. They do. Murder mysteries. And especially these films, the first 15 minutes are essentially a short film. Oh yeah. That too. Like if you, if you really look at the screen movie itself, it's kind of a normal runtime because if you're just lopping off that beginning, the short film that just opens yeah. every one of these movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like um, it's like a James Bond movie where you're like, what what is he up to before the main adventure? So while watching this one this time, I started in my head, probably overthinking, but I started connecting a lot of two and four together, um, like with the opening scene, um, 
the fact that she gets killed in front of a bunch of people. I don't know why that seems so ahead of its time to me now. At the time, it felt like a really awesome set piece, but based on like something that would never happen. <laughs> but cut to like uh, reality, twenty years later, yeah. it's a commentary on the violence in just public places, as we you know you eloquently spoke about already in this episode. But also a commentary on just shit happening in public, and some people just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, she literally gets stabbed in the aisle way. Mm-hmm. God, I love um, the bathroom kill. Oh, it's so I great. love anytime someone gets stabbed through, like the bathroom in um, Sleepaway Camp. Like, mm. I love when someone gets stabbed through like through something. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Um, in in Kill by Kill podcast, Laura, it's called getting bunked. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in, amazing. In Friday the Thirteenth, a lot of people tend to get stabbed like through mattresses oh, in their beds. Oh, totally. Getting bunked. That's, getting so bunked. Funny. that's perfect. Yeah, that killer in Scream too. Smart. strength too to go through concrete and in the right spot but it's it's almost like they planned it it's (laughs) what do you think um (laughs) what do you think omar apps character who is i (laughs) believed named steve steve yeah steve um thinks he's hearing because i turned the captions on to like see what (laughs) mickey was thinking about mommy yeah sorry mommy listen mommy yeah i'm like what does he think he's hearing because he's chuckling he's like he just, you know, he loves the gossip. You know, kids do say hilarious things in the bathroom. This is true. With their <laughs> and that was definitely Mickey's voice. If you listen to mm, it closely, it's oh. definitely Timothy Oliphant's voice, which I think is cool that they, like, mm. unless I'm wrong, that they went there and, like, really gave it away. But they didn't because mm-hmm. no one's going to know that. And it's like you you cannot hear. It's so indecipherable. And I know. That's what makes it so great. It's like Bill Murray whispering in the Scarlett Johansson's ear in the end of Lost in Translation. <laughs> You're like, what is it? It's a magical moment. Um, oh, um, before we leave that bathroom scene, um, yeah. I always appreciate watching a movie where you're like, Watching a senior instantly, like, I'm going to use that gift forever. The two ghost faces using the urinals, <laughs> turning to look at Omar Epps. I will use that gift in perpetuity. It's yes. so good. It's so good. Yes. I also like that they, like, let the scene close on its own and breathe. Because I think a lot of modern movies would just cut immediately from that scene. And they, like, let him hang out against the wall waiting for the one guy to finish. And, like, before he, like, leaves Steve on the floor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that I'm that's sticking out to me. But I've. I think a movie today would be like, well, you got to cut those 30 seconds because you need to get the runtime down. Whereas like, it's like another reminder. Like he holds the knife up. I think he was going to kill that guy. If that guy like managed to just step a, a bit to his right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then how about, okay. Also queer stab. Oh, just the, like kind the, of the camp factor. Yeah. Like the, the, the perfection of camp that Kevin wrote for, the movie within the movie, the dialogue, like the, the stuff he had the characters doing, um, the actresses they chose, Heather Graham. I don't know you, but I just like you already. <laughs> yeah, like that's just like so perfectly bad. Um, and then like the killer sitting on the roof of the house, staring through a window. Um, I don't know. It's so great. And I love the Tori of spelling scene, which is like super gay. And we have it. If you want to we sure it. do. Yeah. Hold on. This is just like an episode of me just saying, I love this, I love this, I love this. This is Tori Spelling starring in the new film, Stab. Like, this Stab. is so perfectly bad. Luke Wilson. Really? You scared me. What are you doing? His hair. His hair. Oh, shit, I didn't do it. I'm innocent. 
touch you. Like Mom, just let me touch you. <laughs> Look, I've been going through a lot lately, Billy. It's the best part Sid, I think you need to just deal with that and move on. I mean, when my mom left my dad, I accepted it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Moms leave. Yeah, your mom left town. She's not buried in a cemetery somewhere. My mom's dead and she's never coming back. Ever. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I also love, like, like, there's just no way in hell they'd actually get that actual dialogue from that scene. <laughs> like, from the actual yeah. occurrence between Sydney and Billy, but they just go ahead and do okay. it. <laughs> they'd, like, change words here and there. Were you going to say nay? Oh, I, oh I thought you were getting ready to say something. I think I was, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, uh, gay representation, Officer Andrews. Yeah, I forgot about him. Is he really gay? Oh, I don't think so. Um, let's say he is. Okay, done. <laughs> Queer wolves. Well, they like, and then they like say the don't ask, don't tell line. That's mm. a weird. It's interesting. And he's the one that says it, right? I think he I is. cannot tell this to him. I don't that, know who's I think who. he is the one that says it. <sighs> what? <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Um, what was I going to say? Like, I have so many things I want to say that I don't know what to say. Like, okay. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking. I'm totally blanking. Okay. Um, Brain fart. I have a question. Yes. Um, when, when Jada Pinkett's watching Stab, yes. she's telling Heather Graham to star 69 his ass. Yes. Mm-hmm. What would that do? That would just call him back and then you'd be, still be talking to him, No, right? it, No, no, no. It gives you the phone number that called. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Before you decide. You, but you can see the it before initial, you call it. Yes. The initial, I think, usage of star 69 did just automatically call you back, but I think eventually it got to the point where you mm. could get the number right. Okay. I was cracking up at, the, at Sydney's um, caller ID. That's such a good gag. <laughs> it is. But like the box is so big. I, I remember, remember those. those. I had a friend yeah. who had one and I thought she was like. It was a big deal. I was like, oh, you got a caller ID box? <laughs> um, Lucky. Yeah. Well, and just like looking back on it, like no one, had, like when I was a senior in high school and this came out, I think one of my friends had a cell phone. So, like, they kind of hit that right, too, because no, no one's really carrying around a cell phone in these movies except Gail. <laughs> yeah, th- I think, yeah, th- this, um, you know, this movie came out in 97 and we're yeah. seeing more hot cell phone action. Yeah. Um, like, especially in the quad scene. Yes. But, it's like, Gail talking on a cell phone. Yeah. Versus the first screen, they're like, why do you have a cellular telephone? Yeah, why do you have a cellular, what are you doing with a cellular telephone, son? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they say the actual word cellular. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got one. I'm like, that's not true. I mean, you have two clips from that scene, don't you? Phonehead and oh yeah, oh, yeah. Because I, I played you the Gail Weather scene, um, but I just I, I picked up one that I just love so much. Okay, so what do you want to do, Bonehead? You just want to sit here and wait and see who drops next? Well, I don't know. It's not ring. Bonehead. <laughs> you know how you were saying you want like footage of them not arguing? Uh, I don't think I don't think that's their relationship. Yeah, do you know I mean, couples it, like that who they just like always bicker arguing. at each other the whole time? I'm, I'm in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I hated it most in three because I felt like they had survived two of these. Why are well, they still like? And also her her the decision she makes to not do the report and join the ambulance with him in the end of this movie um, is kind of invalidated by Scream Three. I feel yeah, like that arc. Yeah, because what do they say in Scream Three that they tried? 
dating and she left Whitsboro after like six months because she couldn't live there. Yeah. Although now that I say that, it sounds exactly like the plot of many a Hallmark movie. So I don't know if I love (laughs) that decision. What do you think of the decision of him getting ruthlessly stabbed again, but then surviving? And they throw that little line in. I don't know if you hear the EMT, like, which is totally ADR. They like scar tissue saved his life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, do we, you got to stop chasing motherfuckers. Like it's not worth it at this point. Save Gail. For real. <laughs> I was thinking about how many times and like if you like would I don't know what would make me go investigate or like go chase after someone. I just I don't know. Well, I think in this movie it went for Gail, went from her the first half of the movie where she's really she's capitalized off the murders her Sydney's mom's murder in the first movie. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the first movie, she's more or less trying to continue that capitalization and only at the end of that movie when she essentially, they think she's dead and then she comes back and essentially saves Sydney. Does she have any sort of like heroic redemption? But in the second movie, she starts off to me even harder than in the first movie. And her PTSD is shown through, even more ruthlessness. Mm. But I think when Randy dies, Mm. she goes not for any other reason than she's fucking pissed Mm -hmm. because we have that clip too. And this is actually my favorite. This whole scene is my favorite scene of hers in the entire series. And then this line that we especially have is my favorite line of hers in the entire series. And I, this will, yeah, play it. I feel bad. Do we, I feel really bad. I never say that because I never feel bad about anything. (laughs) But I feel bad now. Is this just another brilliant Gail Weathers performance? There are no cameras here. I just want to find this fucker. Like, she's pissed. She's really, really mad. Because I think she really did like Randy. And I think she's fucking pissed that he got killed. And I think she probably try probably a little bit blames herself too. Um, because the rest of the movie is like, I think that's what sets her off to go try to figure out who the hell this guy is. Cause she knows, by the way, why is campus police investigating this? Um, <laughs> um, I was going to say something else about her, but to me, that's like the peak of her character too. In this series, like she's fucking pissed and she wants to find this fucker. You know, and it's like where her and Dewey really do, I think, really do fall in love is in that moment, too. And then they have that, like, kind of hot sex scene that is, like, fully clothed. Oh, yeah, where they're <laughs> yeah. watching the footage yeah. and they're getting all down and on the like, table. has his hand on her boob when they, like, realize <laughs> yeah. that. That like, they're was being so watched. drama. It's so, I could not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, but the movie, this movie is so amazing in the fact that there's, like, so many set pieces. Like, amazing set pieces. Like, the opening scene, Sarah Michelle Gellar's death scene. Gail's chase, Randy's death, Sydney at the play, Sydney in the fucking police car. Yeah, that's a great like there's just uh, so many great, like really, this is like peak Wes Craven to me too. Like mm-hmm. really amazing stage scenes, like utilized to full effect, whether it's suspense or scares or comedy. Um, this is the only movie, one of the few movies, this and the first movie where a, a character can do something that I normally construe as su- stupid. Like Sarah Michelle Gellar running up the steps. Any other movie, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? It just makes sense in these movies for her to do it. 
And I think it's because they make sure every character is just, even if they have a 10 minute screen time, like Sarah Michelle's are so layered or they let you spend two minutes with them, listening to them talk to their friend on the phone about party of fucking five. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Again, that's queer. <laughs> I also think they have like, you don't see a woman run up the stairs and scream and not think about Sydney first saying how, why mm-hmm. is that? You know, you don't think mm-hmm. about that. I mean, you all, you don't see that and not think about that. Right. So it's just like layers and layers, layers. I mean, and she and Sydney does it again in the third movie. Yeah. Like in her house quotes, but mm-hmm. um, it happens in every film. They do it in the fourth movie too. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, which is kind of great. You know, you forget a lot. I think a lot of people don't give, they forget that just because they only talk about certain things in the first film that it, it does carry over in the sequel. Like the, mm-hmm. that exactly what you're just saying, just because they don't reference it specifically in two, three and four doesn't mean it's not, it's valid. It's part of yeah. the fabric. Yeah. So it it's makes dream universe. Yeah. So it makes sense when like Sarah Michelle Geller doesn't run out the front door. She, she runs, runs up, up the, the stairs. stairs. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. I love that scene too. When like you see the killer, I think that's the only time in the series too, where you see the killer actually like enter. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. 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 Be- before you see them, the like, person get in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know that Selma Blair that she's talking to on the phone? Oh, oh. that's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is amazing. Yeah. Selma Blair. I did she's not talking know that. To, and she's, I just love that she does the Halloween and yeah. the Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Scream 2 I love so much because I feel like, like Kevin, there's just so many subtle, cool references and callbacks to the genre. And mm-hmm. like, as opposed to what I was saying earlier, a little bit about Ryan Murphy feeling like maybe he doesn't respect it so much. Like You can tell like in these scripts that there's just so much respect for what they're oh, doing. Yeah. Even if they are kind of satirizing it at the same time, mm-hmm. the Freddy yeah, sweater. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Freddy janitor. Yeah, in the first one. <laughs> yeah, and it's if you love something that much, it's actually really easy to satirize it, it because is. you love it for its flaws, for all yeah. of its hokiness. Um, like, look, I mean, you, Michael, you tease you your friends, I, right? Yeah, and that's what he's doing. What were you gonna say? Um, yeah, yeah. You I mean, I? That, that's just part of it. Like, you and I are obviously. A, especially like slasher yeah. focus like natex um, yesterday we're a slasher like we're a slasher, slasher freaks i yeah. don't know what i said <laughs> oh, yeah. something like that um shit i had something really insightful slasher to say. focus uh, you and i oh yeah oh um to the point that like there are oblique references to things too like um the opening scene with jada pinkett is kind of echoing a scene in this movie called he knows you're alone yes. from 1980 yep. which opens also in a movie house with she kind of like gets a stabbed in her seat right yeah yeah from the guy Ooh. behind her also uh tom hanks's first movie role yeah is oh, in that movie? we should do that movie we should i yeah. love he knows you're alone it's about a bunch of it's a bunch of like brides to be getting killed oh well fun. yeah um, oh my God, we should remake that and where we have all of the brides who have bachelorette parties at gay bars. <gasps> Die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the killer from hell. Fucking knife dildo. Where they get, everyone gets killed by drag queens or something. Oh my God, I love it. And yeah. Heels are knives. Bomb. Oh yeah. And my, uh, <laughs> we should do He Knows You're Alone. We, we should for the, sure. You know, like slasher movies tend to have a character who's the like kind of like ditzy sex character. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. character in that movie is one of the most like warmly portrayed like depth of character roles like of that type that I've seen. I really, really like it. Well, and that movie came along 
bef- it was in production before Friday the 13th came out. Then. Yes. So it's st- I always remember that. I haven't seen it in a while, but in my head I always remember it as like one of the classier Oh, it is. Slasher it, it, movies. It's, it's one of like those, Happy Birthday to Me and those kinds. It's one of those Halloween ripoffs. Yeah, but it like came from a really technically sound place. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Scream 2. Scream uh, um, oh, um, the monologue that uh, Randy has of listing off all the college slashers. Yes. That was a template for me for my watching for the next like a year. Are you after kidding? The, after I watched Scream 2. And I love that it connects to 4 in the sense that like Kirby has her own version of that, but with remakes. Oh, that's such a good scene too. Yeah. That I really, one thing I wish was more present in Scream 2 and 3 is the actual like trivia element of it. Cause that's yeah, kind of lost goes, a little bit. I mean, in, in really in four, it's only in that one scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really goes it away. It's like you're watching Shaun of the dead or whatever. That's but. true. But it really does go away. I mean, people talk about, I remember when this, the first two came out, people always like, you'd read articles about it and always be about a killer that plays trivia with you. And if you get the answer wrong, you die. And he really only does it in the opening scene of the first movie. Yep. Um, I mean, to the point that the opening scene of the second movie doesn't even have a fucking phone call. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess the one on the screen's happening at the same time, but that's pretty awesome. Because my sister-in-law said when she went and saw this movie, she didn't even know the movie was going on because they were watching a movie. So she thought she was watching like a commercial for the movies. <laughs> I'm like, how far in did you get to? Because like you see the screen mask like 12 seconds into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That was a very, very, very specific, specific commercial. commercial. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I've been watching American Horror Story on the FX app, and before every episode, they show, they, they show a show. commercial for American Horror yeah. Story, and I'm like, I'm watching it. Yeah, they show, I've been watching it on the FX app too, and they show one during every commercial break. They show a yep. commercial for American Horror Story. It's like, you don't need to convince me. Yeah. So, like, when I was watching this week's, when it ended, they started showing previews for the next week, and I, mm didn't pick up on it right away. So I was like, what is this random scene? Like, oh, it's next week's next week's episode. Yeah. I'm just saying advertising happens like that sometimes. <laughs> um, any other queer elements? I'm trying to think it's pretty queer. Like the references, the just the sorority sisters. <laughs> I just feel like there's a lot of queer stuff in this movie that I feel like only a queer person could put into a slasher movie like pop well, culture references and just the speed and everything is the dialogue is so witty and snappy. Well, is it queer to be hot one year and then 20 years later, you're even hotter. Like every cast member <laughs> yes. of this movie. Oh my God. That Did you see my post queer. about skid arts today? No. Yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's aged so well. So hot. No, but just like speaking of star 69 in his ass, like Timothy Oliphant. Oh Yeah. Um, Brian was and, like, "That's Timothy Oliphant. He was not good looking then." I was like, "He was cute." Oh, I but, think so. Yeah, well, yeah, he's and, like so adorable. Yeah, he's hot though. But, but, but like, look at the, Jerry O'Connell, uh, Jada Pinkett. Mm-hmm. Um, literally everyone is just stunning then and now. Yeah, I mean, Nev Campbell's gorgeous. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. David Arquette's really cute. I yeah, I love him so much. I love Dewey. I was watching behind the scenes from Scream Four last night, and he is so fucking hot in those. He's got like the nice suit on. He's got a really cute haircut. <laughs> yeah. He looks really good. Michael. Yeah. Okay. I never was like really attracted to him until I saw this. I was like, hmm. taste change <laughs> as you get older. Um, would you guys give this movie a pride float? No. 
But I would give Lori Metcalf the role of Pamela Voorhees. Oh, (laughs) in a remake? Yes. In the stage play. Yes. Which is so great that you bring that up because her character is such an homage to Pamela Voorhees. Oh, definitely. But she could, I can see, like, I can just, she is so good at psychotic. Oh, yeah. That face. Her fucking eyes. So, yeah. I was watching it last night. You guys are going to think I'm nuts. But I was watching it last night, and that scene when she's essentially explaining to Sydney mm. why she's doing what she's mm-hmm. doing, I like it. I just like had a. I was like, she hasn't blinked. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like notice she hadn't blinked. No. So I rewound it to her reveal with the gun, yeah, and like all the way through to Sydney smashing her with the beer bottle. Saying, isn't Mickey mm-hmm. supposed to be dead? She blinks once. <laughs> oh my God. She blinks once that entire fucking Get her time. Some visine, and I know it's God. like cuts and stuff, but like <laughs> you see her for a good 30, 40, 50 seconds at a time as they're bouncing back and forth. I at one point was like trying to like zoom in, wondering if she <laughs> had her fucking <laughs> eyes taped open. <laughs> yeah. Just like she blinks literally fucking once. Yeah. I was like, how the hell do they have glue up there? She literally blinks once. It, uh, on, on the 4K, you can see the masking tape. <laughs> yeah, like something. I'm like, holy shit, don't her eyes hurt? But she's so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, Randy uh, spoke poorly of Billy, and I got a little knife happy. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, yeah, she's such a mom, too. Like, she's such like Wisconsin mom. Yeah, that's what Brian's like. She, Brian's like, she's actually not that bad. I was like, she's not an evil woman. She's just pissed uh, off. Like, you know, women commit. Crimes of passion. Mothers, man. Like white mothers. White moms. As Cade says. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't think and, this gets a pride flow, but I think every single person in this movie would attend Pride. pride. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, yes. true. It's one of those movies where it's like we're talking about it because it, it, there's a way that we can claim it as queer people, but the movie itself isn't necessarily queer in yeah. overt ways. Yeah, I think the queerness for me just comes from the fact that it has a queer screenwriter. Yes, um, which is very important. Yeah. yeah, you can tell there's a queer screenwriter, very sensitive director. Yeah, Wes Craven like, mm-hmm. was just the shit. Yeah, um, it's got a queer sensibility, very much so. I think, um, and no knock to you straight men out there, but had a straight man wrote this movie, you wouldn't have the characters of Lois or Murphy. Um, you probably wouldn't have Sarah Michelle Geller. You wouldn't have Sydney. You, well, you, I mean, you, I'm, in the I'm, same way. Yeah. Like everyone would be different, but I think those like normally what would be extraneous, like side characters because of a queer person, they have a, like Lois and Murphy are memorable characters in this movie mm-hmm. and they're barely in it. Yeah. They have maybe less than a minute of screen. Time yeah. But they're fucking it? awesome. I, I bet it's like maybe Yeah. Two minutes. That's wild. Cause they they're are like, memorable. They're in like four or five scenes, but it's also like just the stuff that they choose to have them do. Like police are everywhere. <laughs> Hurry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I, so speaking of side characters who don't matter, um, the girl in their dorm who's like, Watch the yeah. news. Oh my god! I want to know what her life is. <laughs> I do too. Uh, I also want to know what Sarah Michelle Geller's sorority sister's up to. Oh yeah, the one that comes home and scares the shit out of her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Donnie, I think her name is. Yeah, check out the news. Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, that, that's kind of the the. How do we know she is alive? Of Scream Two. Oh my god, you're totally right. Let's um, put Von Kiss on this. Oh hell yeah! 
<laughs> season uh, two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I don't, yeah, no pride float per yeah. se, although, you know, every, very we're welcoming this yes, movie. Yes. Um, but I do want it's time girlfriend to like intro some DJ set. Like we need to sample <laughs> that quote. Mm-hmm. It's so good. That was in every trailer. I was like opening night was like, Oh, I can't wait for that line. It's time girlfriend over a house beat would knock. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Someone out there, please do that. We <laughs> yeah. could get somebody to do that. Right. I think a listener would do it. Probably. If you do it, please send it to us <laughs> and we'll play it on the air. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So sorry if this was a rambling mess, everybody, but you know, I love this movie and I can't help but talk about it and just like weird <laughs> stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about our schedule of what's happening? Oh yeah. That? We should probably talk about that, huh? So this will be my last show for four or five weeks. I leave next week. This is Michael, by the way. I leave next <laughs> week to go see my movie be made. Um, but I'll be gone for like three or four or four shows, maybe four, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, we will be recording new episodes, but... New episodes probably won't drop for a little bit of time. We can't really say why, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Good news and bad news. Bad news is yeah, we're going to, you're better at this. We're probably going to be taking a hiatus for an indeterminate, but hopefully short amount of yes. time. We don't know how long it'll be. And the good news, we can't tell you yet, but it's coming. <laughs> yes. There's really good news. We will be back. Um, and those two things correlate together. Yeah. Like they are, it's the break is happening because of the good news. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So basically yes. we, we will be taking a short break. We'll let you know as soon as we know when we're going to be back on the air. Um, those first couple episodes will be Michael list. Cause we will be recording them when he's out of town. Yes. Um, we're not stopping our record schedule. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, we're very excited about what we have coming up for all of you. Um, yeah. yeah. Very excited. And yeah. I might have some cool new stuff. Definitely we'll have some cool new stuff. Um, but in the new year, we may, may may sample another live episode or do some really cool, fun stuff after we can reveal the news. Yeah, we've got some plans going on. Yeah. Um, also, just remember the charity drive I'm doing for MarchForOurLives.com. Because we're going to be off the air, but I'm going to be pull, uh, pushing that on Twitter for the next couple of weeks while we're you know on our break. And when we come back, get ready for those creamy reviews. I'm very excited. Yes. And our accounts will stay very active and maybe we'll drop clips, sound clips and stuff on our socials to keep you, to keep your appetites. (laughs) Appetites. 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 (laughs) Satiated. Oh yeah. And if you join the attack of the queer wolf pack, you might get some super secret inside info on what movies we're talking about. Cause I'm still going to be gathering shady summaries for our recordings. So a little sneak peek behind the curtain for what's coming. Yes. And Episodes we will be recording are very cool too. Oh, I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. So when they drop, they'll be very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Nay's doing a very special episode, <laughs> and I think we'll have a themed episode of some sort. Brennan and I have a, an episode with just the two of us that so we've already excited. picked out the movie for. Do I? Can I know the movie? Sure, but we're not going to say it right now. Okay, say yeah. it there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, we're not going anywhere. We're just taking a quick break and actually we kind of yeah. need it yeah, yeah we haven't had one we're, we're here we're queer we're going to be there for a little bit yeah we're coming back here <laughs> coming back but we love all of you and we so will much see very soon yes we will see you soon even though we can't see you you will hear us <laughs> yes. soon yes. yes 
Um, yeah, we're going to find everyone. Find um, me on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken, and I hopefully will be able to post some stuff from the set. Yeah. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, cool. So look, look at my Twitter account. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Twitter, Instagram ah. and Twitter at Black Cupcake, and my art Instagram at Gaudy Los Angeles. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. Uh, please join our Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack Facebook group. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. It's still October. I'm deep in my Wishmaster uh, <laughs> retrospective. It's going to be wild. I just watched the final one. It's going to be interesting. Get ready. How many are there? There's only four. Um, but I needed kind of a break this October. I when- did. I did Amityville recently, and that was kind of brutal. There's so. like 700 of those. I did the 10, but that was enough. The te- How many of those are there? There's more than 10, though, right? Uh, Yeah, I, I did up until the remake with Ryan Reynolds. Because after Cause those that, 10 are essentially connected, right? Yeah, they're all technically based on books or whatever. Um, But then somewhere around 2011, people realized that you can't um copyright the name Amityville. So they started <laughs> so, making their own versions. Yeah, 8 million different people tossed together 20 bucks and made an Amityville movie that went straight to Redbox, And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to, does anyone own the rights to like do another official Amityville movie? I don't know. I don't know. Cause like Amityville, the awakening, the one that Blumhouse, Blumhouse was with dimension, in. that yeah, was dimension I, and they did the remake. Yeah. I don't so, know exactly what that's the closest that we've had recently to one that is like legit, like tied to the original series essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It has the house. If it has the house, that's what kind of counts for me with the eyeballs. Oh, these other ones don't even have the fucking house? Of course not. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, because that's not even what the real house looks like. That design is from the 79 movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's so funny. Anyway, uh, uh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. Have a little Have a little Have a little Have a little Have a little